You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. He's having them act as though they're going to be served a meal, even though there is not even close enough resources to serve them all a meal. And yet he has them sit down. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We serve a God who calls things that are not as though they were. What a God. Have you ever felt called by God to do something that just seemed impossible? All throughout Scripture, as well as in our personal histories and interactions, we witness men and women being directed by God to do things that don't make any human sense. And as we'll be reminded in today's message from Pastor Danny, so often we simply don't believe that God will come through. We so easily forget the times, like the feeding of the 5,000, when He's proven Himself to be capable of the impossible. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Mark, chapter 6, as he begins his message, Progressive Faith. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. That takes you back to chapter 6, right in the middle of verse 6, where Jesus calls the 12 together. He uh, pairs them up two by two. He gives them authority and he sends them out. This is their first missionary journey. Amazing things happen. They cast out demons. Miracles took place. Uh, And they come back and they report to him all they had done and all they had taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I appreciate as a full-time pastor, minister, uh, after busy ministry times, the Lord understanding and even allowing me to get away and rest. Amen. I'll say amen to that. (laughs) So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Now as a boater, I like this even more. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. How'd you like to book that uh, getaway hotel in Orlando? And when you get there, you go down to the pool and you begin to chill and you realize uh, 80% of the people down at the pool have followed you there. (laughs) It made me think of our 15th wedding anniversary, my wife and I, and we're on a Caribbean cruise and uh, first few hours after we got settled into the room, I'm, I'm walking around the ship getting my bearings and I heard the voice that I didn't want to hear. 
Pastor Danny, Pastor Danny. And this woman comes running up to me, and, I, and my first thought was not, oh, praise the Lord, a sheep <laughs> that I can minister to. Now, I want to become like Jesus, I really do, because notice what happens here. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. I went to Mark chapter 10, verse 1, uh, which tells us the last part. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. He taught them. One of his greatest and most important ministries was teaching people. And because he has compassion on the crowd, and he didn't, like we would have naturally thought, you know, oh man, here's the people again. And what am I going to, here's the rest, you know? But he doesn't do that. He has compassion on them. What an example he is for us. And he teaches them many things. Now, I don't think anybody will disagree. You can't get better teaching than from Jesus. I mean, here's God come in a human body. And he's teaching the word of God. You can't get better than that. But even with that, some people didn't get it. There was someone sitting in the front row last night. I don't know why I think of this. I can see them, and I don't usually think about who I'm looking at. But I don't know them personally, but they're a younger person. Not that that makes necessarily a difference. But it was obvious, you know, they got nothing out of the message. Just nothing. And maybe it's because they don't like me. Maybe they didn't like the delivery. I don't know. But, but sometimes this delivery is on point. I mean, you got Jesus delivering the message. It's on point every time. And yet, he would say many times, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because even with Jesus' teaching, sometimes people just don't get it. Verse 35, by this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. Send the people away so they can go by the surrounding, the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. They're saying, look, there's not even a McDonald's here. So send them away to go get something to eat. Now, this is classic Jesus, classic Jesus. But he answered them, you give them something to eat because he's been teaching them about faith. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen the first miracle where, you know, they ran out of a wine at the wedding and he turned the water into wine. I mean, he knows how to, he knows how to take care of things when they're lacking. So he says to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Now, I heard somebody teaching on this a few years ago, and they suggested in a crowd this large, and we're going to learn there were 5,000 men, not including women and children, so there could have been easily 10,000 people in this crowd. And I heard a guy teaching on this years ago, and he suggested in a crowd like that, somebody had something, at least a Twix bar tucked under your robe. (laughs) And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. But all they could get for somebody to give and, and offer is five loaves and two fish among thousands of people. So that's really, humanly speaking, that's nothing. That'll feed two people max. And that's one fish apiece and two and a half loaves. And Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. 
Now, I don't know what you might come up with as to why he says them sit down in groups, but I have three suggestions. One, very quickly, it's more manageable for the disciples to serve them. Uh, Two, to promote community among them, especially in light of what he's about to do. Give them something to talk about. And three, and maybe this is closer than anything, he's having them act as though they're going to be served a meal, even though there is not even close enough resources to serve them all a meal. And yet he has them sit down. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We serve a God who calls things that are not as though they were. What a God. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And this is very important here, very technical. I'm going to be very technical, but I think we need to be if we're going to get really everything that God has for us out of this text. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. These are the 12. They're the 12 apostles. The Bible tells us that the foundation of the church is these guys. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. All the prophets predicted of the Messiah who would come. Messiah has come and his starting lineup and the foundation of the church and the leadership of the church are these 12 guys. And so the five loaves and two fish went to Jesus' hands He lifted them to his father, and then after blessing them, he gives them back to the leadership of the church, and now the church leadership begins to serve the people. Fascinating. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate. Pause. They all ate. They all ate. Thousands of people from two fish and five loaves. They all ate but it doesn't stop there. They all ate and were satisfied. The guy that would eat the two Big Macs versus the person that just eats the one Big Mac. And, and, the, and the person without, you know, the two Big Macs is not satisfied. Man, I'll eat another one. But now everybody's satisfied. And it's like, you, you want some more? No, man, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everybody ate. And everybody had their needs met, not to a point of, well, I'll survive, but I'm not satisfied. But it doesn't stop there. You talk about, you talk about a wonderful God we serve. And the disciples, that's the 12, picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Later, there'll be another feeding of 4,000, not including women and children. There'll be seven baskets picked up then, and we're not going to get into the meaning behind those, but one is the 12 baskets, and it's a different word for baskets here than the baskets when the seven, uh, the 4,000 and seven baskets left over. The seven baskets left over is a Gentile crowd, and it's interesting because it's, it's like a lunchbox kind of size. Here, it's a different word. It's a big tub, and I think that's so God. Here, every apostle... Every apostle gets one souvenir basket of leftovers <laughs> as a reminder of what's just happened. Don't forget it. Now, we're going to move on in a minute, but 
When God's trying to teach the Israelites in the wilderness wandering to have faith and trust him for daily resources. In Exodus 16, he gives them food from heaven. It's called manna, manna. It means what is it? Because that's what they named it when they first saw it. What is it? Great name. What is it? It represents Christ. Christ said, I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. Represents Christ. But it also is through Christ, everything you need for life. God has promised he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You're going to care for us, right? But in Exodus 16 and trying to instill faith in these people, um, because their hearts are not naturally toward faith in God and their hearts are not naturally um, giving oriented. They're hoarding oriented. That's what they are. But it's interesting. It says in Exodus 16, verse 17, the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much of the manna, some little. Some got two Big Macs worth and some one Big Mac worth. But when they gathered it by the, or measured it by the Omer, he who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. And that's what God wants. He wants all of them to trust him and he'll give you what you need. That's the message there. That's the message here. But not just stop at, you'll be satisfied. They gave to the Lord through the leadership. And look, I don't apologize for this because this is just the Bible. This is the Bible. There's always been a system for God's people to give through. Now, you can also, and it's all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, No Testament, before the law even. There were also opportunities to give free will offerings. You could leave part of your crops for the poor and the widow. And, you, and God told them to do that. It wasn't, you know, God told them, hey, don't, don't go a second time over your field. Uh, there was free will giving, but there was also a system. There was also always a system, always a system. In the New Testament, there's a system. If I had the time, and I'm not going to take the time, I got one half a page almost of notes and verses to prove that in the New Testament, there's a system, and the system is the local church where God has set up leadership, and there's to be an accountability system where when you give, you know, you can trust the leadership that they're going to take the monies that you're giving, and I'm going to be technical, you're giving to the Lord through his church. And here's what God wants to do. As we give to the Lord through the church, oh, what a God. He wants the church to minister to thousands of people. And sometimes the church is limited to, to, to the number of people they can minister to because God's people don't have the faith to give to him through the church so that the leadership of the church can minister more to more people. And we can minister in the name of the Lord as a church fellowship. And here's the wonderful part for you and me personally. Jesus said, give, and it'll be given to you. How? Not just till you're satisfied. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Now, Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. But with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Now, I'm not going to get off on this, but, but the measure you use, 
if God now gives back and you get an abundance, it's not so you can necessarily just buy a bigger house and a nicer car. Nothing wrong with having a nice car and a nice house. Nothing wrong with that if you have the means to do that. But if he's given you more and me more, it's not just for me to hoard it. It's not just for me to spend it on myself. But here's the wonderful thing. He gives me more. I'm meant to give more. And as I give more, he gives me back more. Now, I'm not a prosperity teacher by the, the definition of what prosperity teachers teach. Because they teach basically the motive to give is to get back. And it's faith and faith. And, it's, and God wants you to have the bigger house and the nice car. And I don't, I don't believe in that biblically. But with that said, this is how God gives back. That's what Jesus said. So then the church is blessed. The kingdom grows. We're able to minister to more people and we get blessed personally. Can you get better than that? God said the same thing to the people under the Old Testament. Now under the Old Testament, it was law to have to give. The tithe, which means 10% was required by the law under the Old Testament. But please, a lot of people don't know this. It wasn't just one tithe. If you put all the required giving together under the Old Testament law, it really came to 25 to 27% of your income. Required giving. But the Israelites didn't do what God said under the law. And this was law. And so the ministry God intended for people was lacking. And personally, the people weren't being blessed the way God wanted to bless them because they weren't obeying what God said. And so he sends Malachi the prophet. And Malachi says basically the same thing Jesus said here in Luke 6. Here's what he said. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse because they weren't. They weren't doing it. They were giving God the leftovers. They weren't giving him the, the required, necessary thing under the law. And Malachi says, hey, we, repent, basically. Bring the whole thing in, that there may be food in my house. Ministry would increase. And then he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you, there's where it comes back to you, will not have enough room for it. I don't know who coined it. I don't know how long ago, but it's absolutely true. You cannot outgive God. It's impossible. Because he always gives back more. Shaking down, shaking together, running over. That's our God. If we could outgive God, it'd make him look bad. Wouldn't it? I never thought about that. That's good. That was good, Lord. Thank you. I didn't, that, you're the only service that got that one. I mean, if we could outgive God, it'd make him look bad. And it would certainly violate exactly what he said in his word. Tremendous. But now, pause. Pause there. We got more to read here. Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Okay, after this multiplication of bread and fish and all these people are fed and the 12 basketfuls left over, immediately after this happened, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on the, ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. 
The Greek word translated, he made his disciples, getting into the boat, is a strong word, meaning they were reluctant. They didn't want to get in the boat, especially without him. Why do you think that would be? Well, you go back to Mark chapter 5, or chapter 4, verses 35 and following. They get into a boat with him. He's asleep in the stern in the midst of a storm. Remember that story? Uh, they're terrified. They wake him up. Don't you care that we drown? He gets up, rebukes the wind and the waves. It's completely calm. And they are now more terrified of that than they were the storm. And they say to one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey? But now, bad enough for him to be in the boat asleep in the storm, and you got to wake him up. Don't you care? Wind cease. Waves. Calm. No problem. But now he's saying, get in the boat. I'll meet you there. Go. And he's got to push them. That's the word suggesting he made his disciples get into the boat. And he goes up on a mountainside to pray. And what they feared most is exactly what happens. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. As he was alone on the land, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. But please note, he sees them. They don't see him. What's required here? Faith. About the fourth watch of the night, the, the, the darkest part of the night. They've been out there all night. Sea of Galilee ain't that huge. This is a serious storm. They can't get to the other side. Fourth watch of the night, between 3 and 6 a.m., he went out to them walking on the lake. I love this. He was about to pass by them. I mean, he might, he, and, see you guys on the other side. He was just going to walk right by them and leave them straining. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them. This is also classic Jesus. Right in the midst of the storm. I mean, you're, you're ah! and, he, and what does he say? Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. What do you mean don't be afraid? Then he climbed into the boat with them. And the wind died down. And they were completely amazed. Why would they be amazed? One more verse, key verse. Verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They had not understood about the loaves. I don't know how many times I've read that, and I've read it, and I've gone, what in the world does that mean? I think I got it now, not because of me. I just think after meditating and all the times teaching through it, and like, look, finally I got it. And it's really not complicated. They had not understood about the loaves. I've run out of time every service before I finished all my notes. That's normal. That's normal. But, but, but so let me just make the statement so in case no matter where I end up, you'll get it, at least the main thing. They had not understood about the loaves. Faith is meant to be progressive. We're to grow in faith. You should have more faith in two years after committing your life to Jesus Christ than you did when you first committed your life to Jesus Christ. You should be more mature and have greater faith and more depth in 10 years after making a commitment to Christ than when you first made your commitment. But a lot of Christians, and I've, I've been doing this a long time, a lot of Christians are just not growing the way that God wants them to grow. 
We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You might not realize how powerful prayer can be, especially during such uncertain times. There might be a listener who's really struggling, and God might stir in their heart a renewal of their faith simply by listening to this program. Please pray that each person who hears these messages would find encouragement. Just as we're reminded in Mark, God came to earth as a human, suffered in all the ways we do, and ultimately came to redeem each one of us. That's the takeaway we hope every listener gains from tuning in. Please pray for us also to seek God's will for this program and for it to continue to reach people in a powerful way. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Danny continued looking at the book of Mark. We hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.